0: Thank you very much. It's good to be here this morning and I thank God for the opportunity and I thank God for the good singing this morning. It's blessed my heart and I think it has some other people too. I'd like to have you look in your book, if you would, to two places. Psalms chapter 147 and Matthew chapter 2. Psalms 147 and Matthew chapter 2. Psalms 147 is the 21st of 24 psalms of praise. And there's a lot to praise the Lord for. (laughs) That's obvious. I want to read two verses just to conserve a little bit of time in Psalms 147. And then read just two verses in Matthew chapter 2. In Psalms 147 in verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. The stars, his star, and you. The stars, his star, and you. The wise men saw grace in the sky. They saw guidance in the star it led them to him. And they saw God in his son and laid gifts at his feet. Now I have no idea how many stars there are in the vast universe that God flung from his fingertips. It could be a hundred billion times a hundred billion. Within the range of our telescopes, and I know it's ever expanding because I saw this past week on my phone pictures of a vehicle that we landed on Mars and pictures from Mars. But within the range of our telescopes recently, there are 70 sextillion of stars in our galaxy. That's 70 with 21 zeros after it. There are more stars in the heavens than there are grains of sand on all the seashores of the world. Webster's Unabridged Dictionary has 500,000 words in it. It would take 150 quadrillion books that size, to contain the names of the stars that God knows. That's 150 with 15 zeros after it. Now, there are only four or five stars that are named in the Bible, Orion, Arcturus, Pleiades, and a couple of more. But our book says there, and this captured my attention, in verse 4 of Psalms 147, he telleth the stars, telleth the number of the stars and calleth them all by name. That word telleth means that he knows the number. He knows how many there are. And then he calleth, he knows all of their names. Like a shepherd knows the names of his sheep. He knows the names of the celestial host. And I like verse three, and I'm tying it together. He healeth the broken heart and bindeth up their wounds. Not only does he know the name and the number of all the stars, but he heals our broken hearts. He calls the name of the stars like a mother invites her sons to supper. He binds the wounds of his children. This individual that painted the stars on the easel of the sky and he places his healing hand on our broken lives and connects us to his care. He is concerned with broken hearts and beautiful stars. His eyes can count the stars of the heaven yet he sees the fall of one sparrow. He cares for stars and broken hearts. That speaks to me of this, of his tenderness and of his power. Of his interest in the minute, insignificant things of life and also on a grand scale, he knows the names of all the stars. It speaks to me of the insignificant and the great. And just think this morning, He knows the names of all the stars. And he knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows what you face. He knows the condition of your soul this morning. He knows. Isaiah 40, 21 and 22 21 says, have ye not known, have ye not heard? It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth. He is God. He knows the stars by name and he knows you this morning. He knows hearts and he cleanses sinners. He heals hearts and he touches lives. Oswald Chambers said this, God cares as much about your broken heart as he does the stars in their courses. His grace, it's been sung about in two or three songs this morning. His grace will always be greater than man's sin. Calvary proves that. What would you be this morning without Jesus Christ? Where would you be this morning without the grace of God that's been shed abroad in your life and mine? Jesus Christ is so much more than a bouncing baby boy born in a manger. He is not the helpless babe born in a barn this morning. He's not a little lad nourishing at his mother's breast. He never was a normal child. He was no insignificant wave. This sought for child thought sought for by those wise men is God in the flesh. Every muscle is divine. Every muscle is a pulley of divineness. Every nerve is divine handwriting. Every bone is divine sculpture. Every heartbeat is pulsating divinity. Every breath is respiratory deity. Every word, every word that he ever spoke was God's word. Every molecule was the second atom. Every atom was divine. DNA. He was God's will and God's thoughts and God's purposes all contained in the immortality of the Son of God. Amen. He is omniscient sheed in a weakling baby's arm. He is omniscient wrapped beneath the bald pate of a child. He is eternity crowded into mortality. He who spoke the worlds into existence was trapped inside the cooing, babbling babe of Bethlehem. When did you think about it? When this child cried, it had to be the strangest sound that the world had ever heard in over four millennia since Adam sinned in the garden. And a lamb gurgled his life away in his own blood. For this was the cry of God. It's the epitome of John chapter 11 and verse number 35. Then fast forward from this day that he was born three plus decades. And the earth felt his shed redeeming blood on its surface. And it quaked. The sun saw him smitten and it hid its face in shame behind a black crepe of an eclipse of its brightness. Soon, one of these days, and it's been sung about and even shouted about this morning, soon the atmosphere will hear his shout and gravity's law will break and the blood Washed saints' bodies will rise from their graves to meet him in the air. And I tell you, the next time the earth feels the weight of his heel on Olivet's mount, it'll split in twain, and surely the prophecy will come to pass. There will be peace on earth and goodwill to men. I think. The most touching story of the season that I have ever heard in my life is the story of a family unlike yours perhaps. A mother and a dad and a few children and it's Christmas Eve and mother had pled with father please, please come to the Christmas Eve service with us. I'm not going. I don't believe in that foolishness. I can, there is no way that an intelligent man like me could ever believe that there was a God that became a man. Makes no sense to me, he said. The children, one by one, wrapped their arms around their daddy's legs and invited him to come to the Christmas Eve service with them. He Reproved them, he rebutted them, he put them off. He said, no way, That's that's for you children, not for me. So the family went off to the Christmas Eve service alone. After being begged, the old man just sat down in his chair, easy chair with a roaring fire and a good book. As he looked out the window, it began to snow. Big white flakes falling on the ground. And then he heard a thump and then another that alarmed him. He jumped from his easy chair, went and stood at the window and he said, there must be some children out there throwing snowballs at my house. He wanted to go out and give them a piece of his mind. He didn't see any kids. He didn't see any tracks in the snow. He couldn't figure it out. So he went to his recliner and sat back down and Picked his book up and thump, thump, thump. Came to the window. He jumped up again and trying to catch those kids out there. And they looked in the snow and there was a bird. And there was another bird. And those birds had crashed against his window. And he thought to himself, my goodness, I guess the weather's so bad, the birds are trying to get into the house and get, they could maybe, I don't know if they could observe that there's warmth in here, but surely they must know that it's better than out there. So he went outside and tried to get the birds. They didn't, he couldn't, you know, men can't communicate with birds. So the thought went through his mind, I'll go to the garage. And he opened the garage door and turned the light on. He kind of encircled the two or three birds that had fallen and others that were there in the trees. And he tried to shoo the birds into the garage, try to get them out of the weather. But they they would flee from, they'd fly away. They'd leave, they had nothing to do with them. And he said to himself, if I could only become a bird then, and then it dawned on him. Mankind, fearful, and afraid and misunderstood and misunderstanding and not knowing and unintelligent. There was no way for them to come to God, but God figured it out and he sent his son to become a man that he could tell the world that Christ was the only way to salvation. Thank God he sent his son to become what we Are that we could become what he is, sons of God. Just like the preacher quoted a moment ago, and a a lady sang a little bit ago, I see the stars and all the worlds thy hand hath made. How great thou art! Christ identified with man. Hebrews 13, 12 and 13, he sanctified the people with his own blood without the gate. God became a man. Matthew 1 and 23 talks about the virgin birth and he was announced and called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I am thankful this morning that God came to where we are One of these days, we can go to where he is in his perfect, sinless life, in his death, his substitute. You think about that, he took our place. He took our place. There was another lyric that uh, I think Noel sang just a moment ago along those same lines him becoming what we are. He was bled white. He was bled pale on Calvary. Every single drop of blood that coursed through his veins was shed for the redemption of mankind. He died for you. Yes, he he cares about stars. Yes, there was a star that drew men to Bethlehem, but he cares about you today, sinner friend. And he rose again one day (laughs) oh thank God for that thank God for his resurrection salvation equals to me the forgiveness of sins I believe that's why he came he provided this gift and all you have to do is receive it I I don't know how you folk down here in Georgia and Tennessee uh, do Christmas but I think You probably give gifts to others, and others give gifts to you. Those gifts are not going to do you any good unless you take them. I saw on my phone this week some news. There was a man, he had a girlfriend 50 years ago, and she gave him a gift, and he never opened it. They broke up. And 50 years, he just opened the gift this year to see what it was. 50 years held on to the gift never unwrapped the package and sad to say there are sinners and some are in this building this morning who have never unwrapped the gift that God has given to mankind my soul won't you receive him won't you take him or will you just turn and go Our book says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The wise men that we mentioned just briefly, there in Matthew chapter 2, they came and they worshiped him and they gave him gifts. And one of the greatest little statements, I think, you know, I, I saw this, I wrote, I don't write a lot in my Bible, but I wrote this, you know, Herod was interested he wanted to know where this person was that had been born. And uh, so he asked the priests and the scribes and they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And so he knew that it was in Be- You know, it's interesting, Herod believed the Bible. He's a lost man. I'm sure he died and went to hell. But he believed the Bible. Believing the Bible won't save you but believing what the Bible says about redemption and Christ's sacrifice for sin and your reception or accepting of that truth and making it real in your life, that will save you. I like this little phrase too in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. The Bible said they departed into their own country another way. I believe if you get converted, you'll be changed. I I believe it's not just believing, but after believing, it's behaving. If you've genuinely been born again, your life has been radically transformed. It has been changed by the mighty power of God. You say, preacher, I, I went forward one time, I prayed a prayer, and I got in the baptismal pool, and I got baptized, but nothing changed in my life. I still do the things I used to do. I still go to the same places I used to go to. My attitude has not changed about anything. My wife or my mother, they had to drag me here today. Friend, if God didn't change you, God didn't save you. It's that serious. It's that important. They went home another way. I know it means they took another route. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get saved, all of us are going to die. It's appointed unto men once to die. But all of us saved folk, we're going a different route That's right. than you lost people. Right. Yes. The lost people are going down, and we're going up. That's right. I was on the elevator in Atlanta coming here. I didn't get here on an elevator, <laughs> but I was in an elevator in Atlanta in the terminal. No, it was Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati. And there was a little lady on there, and she, we talked about something or other, and I said, you know, I said, ma'am, my old preacher told me one day that when you're on an elevator, you need to tell people, make sure your last trip's up and not down. She said, boy, that's a great thing. To we had fellowship right there on the elevator. And I say to you this morning, you better make sure your last trip's up. And not down. You say, how does that happen? You must be born again. You know, these fellas are called the wise men. And I believe this it takes a wise person to accept what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Any old fool can go to hell. You can keep on going your own way and doing your own thing and be damned and doomed through all eternity. Or you can finally come to your senses and put two plus two is four and figure it out that with Jesus I can be saved and without him I'll be lost. It's not complicated. God didn't make the gospel difficult for men to understand. It's for a fool or a wayfaring man. Anybody can figure it out. I'm sad this morning if you haven't figured it out as of yet. But I hope you will. He cares about stars. He knows them all by name. And he knows you this morning. He knows everything about you. He knows what you did last night and last week and last month. He knows the thoughts that you've had while you have sat in this building. He knows the eternal condition of your soul today. If you're not saved, you ought to get saved. Father in heaven, we thank you for these few minutes. I pray, oh God in heaven, if there be a sinner in this room, if there be an individual in this place that's not a child of God, never truly been born again, I pray that today would be the day. Now is the time of salvation. There's no need to put it off till another day. May they come to Christ today. While you're sitting there, Take an honest inventory of your heart. You sit in this service as I have. I've seen people rejoice. I've seen people lift their hands and praise. I've heard verbal rejoicing come from the lips of both men and women over the fact that they're saved, born again. You sit here and you say it doesn't affect me. It has no impact on me. I don't even understand it. Seems a little goofy to me where I sit. Let will tell you something, friend. You need to get saved. Amen. You need a good old-fashioned dose of, old, of, of Holy Ghost salvation to make you into a child of God, a rejoicing Christian, a grateful sinner saved by the grace of God. And there may be those, like it says in that third verse of Psalms 147. You got a broken heart. You got some difficulties and situations in your life. And then he said, God telleth the stars, and he calleth them by name. He cares about your situation this morning, friend. Nobody else may care. You may have a health issue. You may have a financial issue. You may have a situation in your vocation. You may have some relative problems and you're going to have to face them here in another couple of weeks at the holidays and you're not happy about it. We have a God that cares about the stars and knows all about them and he cares about you. I would advise you this morning just to turn it over to him and let him handle it and it'll work out okay in the days ahead is there anybody in this building tonight this morning I should say in this building this morning say preacher I'm not saved I know I'm not saved I'd like to get it settled today would you raise your hand high that so I could see it God bless you little lady God bless you ma'am I'm not saved I know I'm God bless you young man I'm not saved I know I'm not saved I'd like to get it settled today would you raise your hand high Raise your hand high. Anybody else? God bless you, young man. God bless you, lady. I see that back there. God bless you back there. That's six people. I'm not saved. I know I'm not saved. I'd like to get it taken care of, get it taken care of today. Would you do this if you raised your hand, you meant business? Would you come? God bless you, lady. Here she comes. She took the words right out of my mouth. If you raised your hand and you meant it, would you come? Let someone take the Bible, the Word of God, and show you how to be saved. There's a lady back on my right, your left. There's another young person or two in the middle. There's a young man up here to the front. If you meant business, would you come? Would you get up out of your seat right now and come and get saved? Would you do it? Were you just playing around? To me, it's too serious to play with. It's eternity. It's your eternity. It's where you're going to live forever as long as God lives. That's a long time, neighbor. Don't slip out of this room today, lost. Come and get saved today. There's another grown lady in the back there that raised her hand. I wish you'd come, ma'am. I wish you'd step out. You know, sometimes people come and they look for assurance of their salvation. What you need to do usually is just get saved. We have the Holy, if you're saved, the Holy Ghost lives inside of you. He bears witness with our spirit that we pass from death unto life. I don't need some man or some soul winner or some caring person to tell me that I'm saved. The Holy Ghost tells us we're saved. We know him and he knows us. If you're not saved, please come. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Brother, can just you sing? Would that be okay? Just you. Christians are praying. Maybe if you're in that case with a burdened heart, a broken heart, some situation, it dawned on you today, God knows the names of all the stars. He cares about me. And he cares about my problem and my circumstances and my situation. Would you come this morning and lay it on the altar? God bless you folk coming. Step out, would you do it?